Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we're in Double Deuce episode 359. Yeah. 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 Sorry, you put a lot. You put a lot of. Put a lot of English on that. You put I, you put a lot of by a, English. I mean spin. I mean I do a lot of spin on that. Nice. You, you didn't do like an English accent. You, no. you, you rub you rub some stank on the edge. If of anything, that. it was German. It was nine. It was it was a little German. Yeah, it was yeah, a little yeah. German. Hey, Ross. Uh, Jacqueline gets so mad at me because of my most of my German that I remember is either from junior high school or Die Hard. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a combination of like, Stout! Stout! Yeah, like, like World War II movie. Yeah. Also, Return, Return to Castle Wolfenstein mm-hmm. had that excellent multiplayer when you were the Germans. You'd say, Javort! <laughs> Raus! Uh, you had like six things you could say. You press like one through six and you'd say like, Raus! Stout! Stout! Um, so I learned a lot of my German from that as well. Uh, anyway, yeah. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Uh, willkommen zum Podcast auf der Gesundheit. Sounded German to me. Yeah, I did. I, did I don't, that. I'm not, I don't, uh, it's not a tongue I'm familiar with beyond the, the rough sounds. Uh, and, and, and again, like the, the war movie and other movie words and video game words. I had, uh, I made some German friends, uh, mm. Uli and Anna, uh, who were friends of my friend Joe and Callie in, in England, and Uli mm. and Anna um, had uh, the, the, a place called the Pig House, which was the Schweinhaus, which was their guest place, and we went one New Year's Eve, or as the Germans call it, Sylvester, and on New Year's Day, they have this very... Germans um, call New Year's Eve Sylvester? Yes, they do. Sylvester. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, on New Year's Day, they have this very odd tradition of, in the same way that we watch, uh, in the same way we watch things like um, the, the fucking movie that I can't add, to The Wonderful Life for Christmas, they watch uh, this show called Dinner for One, which is a two-hander. It's two British actors, and a, a, an older lady and an older gentleman. And they all have to fight for one dinner. And they all have to fight for one dinner. No, okay. it's the, the old lady, the old woman is, is kind of senile and losing it, and mm-hmm. the, the, the dude is the butler, mm-hmm. and he's, like, prepared a whole dinner party for, like, eight people, mm-hmm. but she's the only one, and he has to go around and pretend to be each of the people at the dinner party, and she talks to him as if they were different people, and it's a very weird little black and white British film from, like, the 60s, and they watch it, and they love it. Fascinating. It's a thing. It's a thing. So that's your little bit of New Year's Eve uh, insider info. If you ever go to Germany, you'll end up watching Dinner for One at Sylvester with with your friends. I did DJ a New Year's Eve party uh, and, and until I got kicked off for playing too much 90s. They wanted more 80s. They liked yeah. ABBA a lot over there. Yeah, that, that's it for the time, too. I feel like there there was a thirst for 80s at that one point in time. Yeah. I, I blame 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> we went to, so so uh, Joe and Callie had a, 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 a gala a exchange student named Julia who stayed with them, and uh, her dad was a guy named Hartmut mm-hmm. from the same community from Osnabrück where we went. And Hartmut was like the classic; like he looked like he could have stepped out of a of a of an extras 
for World War Two, you know, movie like like piercing blue eyes, mm-hmm. blonde hair, big thick stocky guy. Yeah, uh, really like really nice. He's like the dude. one that like after Indiana Jones is beat up like six Nazis, he's the one who pops up. He's like uh, where where he, where he pauses for a second, like oh man, we're going to go fight him. This, this was that guy, and uh-huh. and we had and we had dinner at their house, and it was a lot of sausages and kraut mm-hmm. and 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 beer and. Then he's like, uh, I want to show you my workroom. And he took us downstairs and his he had like... What kind uh, of work did he do? Uh, well, it was like a, a little German workshop. Everything was in the right place and it was like woodworking and stuff. But the funniest part about it was on every single wall, every blank space was filled with a picture of Princess Diana. Okay. He loved Princess Diana of Wales. He loved he loved Diana. He he like had Diana all over his workshop. Like to the how, point t- where, how tough was her death? Because you would have met him after. Like yeah, was, that, was he as into her before that? You know what? Or was he was he crushed and and he needed to make his workshop a monument? Here's a, a little in the, in the way that Elton John made a monument of, of, of a song it that he a, wrote about another woman who died. It was the wood workshop equivalent of Candle in the Wind. Mm-hmm. I mean, like. If you if you instead of playing music, I still like the like it was a big deal. But he just changed the words of a song he already wrote. <laughs> <And everybody laughs> like this is an amazing tribute. It's yeah. like that is any one of us could have done that. <laughs> he just could do it legally, right? Right. But then then he would took us upstairs to his attic where he had actually a legitimately bitching collection mm-hmm. of uh, of of lo-fi like vinyl uh, and turntables and stereos. And that was pretty fucking sweet. It was, he was a very complicated man, Hartman. He liked woodworking and Princess Diana and, and DJing. Yeah, he, it was. It was. He was. A, he was an interesting fella. Anyway, so that's uh, that was German corner. Yeah, uh, corner of my German New Year's. As Sylvester, opposed to the, right uh, as opposed to summer of my German soldier. Did you ever read that, by the way? Uh, I don't think so. Who wrote it? Some lady. Okay, it's about a, a gal who. Finds a German soldier, I think somewhere in the Midwest, who's kind of escaped from. Is it a short story? Uh, it's book, a novel. It was novel. a junior one of those we had to read in junior high. Like, remember when they had the like the, they had the POW camps in like the Midwest? Yeah, like in World War Two. I uh, stayed at one. <laughs> Actually, what uh, did you do? Uh, nothing. I was in Boy Scouts, <laughs> and uh, we were some summers. We would uh, go to a specific summer camp, but, like, every few years, they would, like, pile us. One of the dudes who was a scoutmaster, like, worked at a dealership and would grab a a bunch of vans. And, like, we would drive around and do shit. And one summer, we went to Ohio. uh, And we were doing a bunch of shit there. Went to a bunch of museums, some Great Lakes and things. But we stayed... At one of those World War II POW camps that they just kind of let people hang out in. <laughs> and it was, I, w- I will tell you, a little miserable in the summertime. It, w- it would not have been pleasant because they were like, the rooms were just like a square. And there was a door on one side in the middle. And then each other wall had a window in the middle. And each corner had a bed and a little like shelf. Uh, bed, I mean, it had a wireframe cot that you would like throw your sleeping bag on. But... uh they had like a fucking tin roof. So 
you couldn't be in it during the day. If oh, the sun was out, oh, you God. weren't inside yeah. one of those. You could wander around. There's a PX. There was a dining hall. There was a few other things. It was like a, an army base, an air force base, maybe. There was also jets taking off loudly from time to time right nearby. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was it was just row after row of these little white fucking house like uh, buildings with four cots apiece in them. I'm surprised they haven't converted those into Airbnbs. I mean, by now, maybe. Maybe yeah. they re-roofed it. Maybe they did something. This would have been in, like, 91, 92, I want to say. It was the first... It was early on, like, early in my Boy Scout career. I, like, timed it out where I got two of those. I got one towards the beginning and one at, it was my last year where we... I, I don't even know the fuck we drove that last year. Are you looking for an experience holiday? Mm-hmm. How about somewhere my German soldier? It was interesting. Your, your meals camp. are provided the dining hall. <laughs> oh, good times. Well, listen, we mm-hmm. were going to, I want to, I want to have bad parenting corner because I did a really bad parenting thing today. And I say find out about it. I say today. Well, today, was, a, a week ago. A week ago. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I need to, I need to clarify a, a little something up front that's germane to this story. And, and that is, first of all, that I'm, I'm not an abusive parent. And this is completely unintentional. And second of all, uh, we have a cupboard that's kind of an open face cupboard, uh, that's sort of between the, uh, the other cupboards where the- quick shout out to cupboards. I was proven right. The Mr. Yuck was a thing in this area by, by a listener. Like super fan Molly Scanlon remembers Mr. Yuck from here. Vindicated, please continue. Vindicated, vindicated. Uh, anyway, so I uh, so there's open. Yeah. This Remember, cupboard, how are you a bad parent? It's, it's, a, it's a cupboard. It's basically like a cupboard with no with no door on it, and then it's next to the ones with doors on it that we have all the the, the glasses and everything in, and yeah. the uh, oven. Um, and, and this is where we keep the cinnamon sugar, right? Mm-hmm. And so this morning I made, made Ollie mm-hmm. pancakes, uh, you know, as you do. And, um, uh, there was no cinnamon sugar, but there was this kind of little, we have these mini mason jars, um, full of uh, what I thought was sugar. Um, and because, because we've only ever kept sugar up there. It was cocaine. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to draw this out for the sake of the story, because uh, it is germane later. But anyway, so I'm like, well, fuck, we don't have any cinnamon sugar. I'll just make this into cinnamon sugar. So I grab a bunch of cinnamon, pour it in there, stir it all up, throw it on the pancakes, all good. 20 minutes later, when he finally gets around to eating them, because he's a really the world's slowest eater. He does like, wander around sometimes when you sit a meal down in front of him. The <laughs> right. times I've been at your house when it's time for him to have a meal. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he takes his sometimes time. He, sometimes he leaves the room, takes his clothes off, and comes back. At least that was, that was a few years ago. No, no, he still does it. He okay. still does it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sometimes you have to get naked for dinner. That's that's the Ollie way. Anyway, he uh, he's like, Dad, why did you put did you put salt on my pancakes? And I'm like, No, I never would have. I put butter on there. He didn't like butter. I was like, Oh, maybe you found the butter. So then I went went in and looked at it. I'm like, Oh no, nothing, no big deal. He's like, It's so salty. And I'm like, All right, well, I'll go check the cinnamon sugar. And I went and poured some in my hand and like took a little lick of it. And yeah, sure enough, I took it salt. Okay. And I made cinnamon salt. Okay. And I, I doused his pancakes in cinnamon salt. That's rough. Even, That's yeah. Not a... Yeah. And the worst part is, if I'd have known, I could have played it off as a really funny prank to get yeah. back at it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's he's probably done something to deserve a salty pancake. <laughs> exactly. Well, he did. That's a, the, a low key prank. He, he did do the toothpaste and the beard. Did I tell you that? That's story? right. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. think, and not on the podcast. 
So, dear listeners, yeah. uh, for the last few weeks, my beard was was tacky. Uh, <laughs> it, it had felt like a little sticky, and I'm like, at first, I thought it was, it was just a little coarse, and I was like, well, maybe this is just like you know, you get a little older, your hair gets a little coarser. So I thought maybe that was a natural thing because I do have a lavender beard uh, oil, the, the beard cream that I put on it. Uh, but no, it kept being that way. And then the other day, uh, Jack said something about Ollie being in the in the kitchen in the, in the bathroom making potions, putting toothpaste in things. And I'm like, oh my god, that would make my beard bomb sticky. So I smelled it again, and sure enough, there was a hint of peppermint in with the lavender. I asked him, and yeah, he put toothpaste in my beard bomb and like mixed it all up so it just looked normal, and it smelled more of lavender than it did of peppermint, unless you were looking for it. And so I've been walking around with toothpaste in my beard for two and a half weeks. Uh, I think that 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 deserves the old salty pancake. That deserves a salty pancake. Uh, for sure. But, um, anyway, that's, that's why you didn't, have, you didn't have the recourse of like, gotcha with the old salty pancake, but I knew I was doing it. So here's some regular pancakes <laughs> right, after right. I've got you. Right. Then, yeah. then you were like, ah, oh, damn, I gotta I make like, more pancakes. Like, just, just, just use some syrup. <laughs> just use syrup on this. Uh, throw some, throw some spice. <laughs> Give me some acid <laughs> in those pancakes. <laughs> balance, balance, balance those flavors out. Oh God! Ah, uh, ah! Uh, cinnamon salt, by the way, not great, not great. Like, there's a I reason. I mean, not on its own. There's probably, a reason nobody, especially, nobody markets. I feel like I put both those things into certain things, but I put other stuff in there too. Anyway, that's my my bad parenting corner. I wanted to confess because I felt like, uh, first of all, it's hilarious. Yeah, I gave my kids salt pancakes. <laughs> so you're you're in an unintentional prank war with your son. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's not sure how potions work, and you're not sure what what white granules you have in your kitchen. Yep. That was delightful. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. There you go. So, uh, we were talking before the podcast, yeah. and we wanted to bring into the podcast a little bit about, uh, you were saying that you were loving the rings of power you know i i feel like it is a it's a thing we have to continue throughout these seasons of uh, us talking about rings of power and house of the dragon a week too late and, and one to two episodes behind yeah because it's in the one we record ahead of time right in our I, current I like timeline, us being way behind in our current discussion. timeline we're totally caught up but by the time you listen to this we'll be a week behind we're, we're still at halftime in ku houston right now is where we're at <laughs> time travel nonsense mm-hmm uh, anyway, yeah, we're uh, we're both in agreement that the Rings of Power is pretty good. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy the hell out of it. I, enjoy I do the hell out too. Of it. I do I, too. I like I like the, the the mix of doing canon stuff and then messing around a little bit. Because also, once again, people get too uppity about like the canon of this time period. It's like he never finished anything from this time period. This is all his notes that his son like cleaned up and did a really good job of like presenting it in a. Here you go. These were notes. <laughs> These were right. notes and drafts. Right. And, and uh, I, I did what I could. And so I feel like you can only get too mad about certain changes because th- these weren't finished works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying getting to spend 
a little more time with the, with the dwarves, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I'm a little disappointed that the dwarf ladies don't have beards, and and, and some do. I think they showed some with and some without. Uh, well, he, uh, during whatever number, his wife doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it felt like they did. It was almost like a we'll throw them in, but it almost it, it, like they were weirded out about making a main character. Have one, yeah, yeah. I like I like Elrond a lot. I, I yeah. think he does a nice job of of, of being. You you don't often get a, a, a lead uh, player who's a diplomat, especially yeah. in like fantasy stuff. Yeah, um, who's a good who's a good person. <laughs> yeah, know, you get a lot of bad diplomats. It's true. Although I, I am I'm I'm a little I'm hoping we see a little. Uh, he seems a little conflicted. He's being put between like what his people want and what his dwarf friend wants. And I feel bad that it's going to maybe like make dwarves hate elves worse when he like gets caught up in a, uh, but also at the same time, his friend is like consulting with his dad about things the whole time. It's, it's like a low key political maneuvering. It doesn't have the like everyone might get murdered element of a an R, George R. R. Martin like political thing. Right. But it, it's uh, it's a thing you don't see so much in the like. It's less political maneuvering because there's less like actual politics being done in the, like the Lord of the Rings. It's pretty like oh shit, things are getting real bad real fast. We're gonna <laughs> right. do something about it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I like that they're I like that they're keeping the. Um, the sort of, uh, I, I still feel a little bit conflicted over whether the, the 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 dude that shows up with the halflings came out of the sky is is good or bad. Is I'm pretty sure now. Now that we've had a couple more weeks, I'm 100 sure it's a wizard and 90 sure it's Gandalf. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to lean it so you think it's Sar Sauron, but I also think that the, the I think that guy. was uh, I feel like he's got wizardy powers. He looks wizardy. I honestly, I think it's Gandalf or it's one of the blue wizards. I'm hoping we see the blue wizards at some point because yeah. they hang out more in this general zone. And I and they're the ones that like were supposed to have come around in the second age, whereas Gandalf didn't. I read a couple things. There were some nice write-ups, and they made some good points of, like, Gandalf had a lot of names, and we know that, like, Gandalf wasn't known until the Third Age, but maybe he was doing other name shit amongst, like, the Harfoots and other people who were not talking about any of this to anyone <laughs> who was writing histories about anything. Right, right. I, I feel like there was that little, too, the... It does talk about how when they come to Earth, they're all like, what the fuck's going on? I was an angel in heaven, and now I'm on Earth in a weird body again. <laughs> so that they don't know how to like do shit or like control themselves. Like the Gandalf forgets he's Gandalf for a while when he comes back as Gandalf the White until he runs into his friends. He's like, "Oh yeah, I am Gandalf, aren't I?" I was you just know, wandering around the forest for like the last couple weeks. I feel like I've I had no that, idea what the fuck's going on. I've had that feeling before, like college and sort of post college, mm -hmm. and when I was working at, and at that point, he'd already been to Middle Earth like at least once, if not twice. Or you wake up and you don't know who you are, and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, like "People are calling me. On? People are calling me Willie. I suppose I ought to answer to that, but uh, why am I not wearing any clothes?" Why am I in this field? Who are these people? Uh, where am I? And a couple of times it was in England, which is like mm -hmm. Middle Earth. I mean, England is practically Middle Earth, let's be honest. I mean, the, the hobbits are basically the British people. I mean, they're, they're, they're hobbits, basically. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, but I feel like that's a little more 
even like Lord of the Ringsy hobbits, whereas these Harfoots are they're a little more like hard scrabble. They're a little more like yeah. They're a little more Romani in how they're handling things. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're like Welsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that 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 sort of tracks. Yeah, they have yeah. they have thicker accents, right? But more fun. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And and they're like. They're really sentimental, but they also don't give a fuck if they leave you behind. Because they're like, gotta keep going. Uh, like, what are we going to do? Stop. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't, can't stop, won't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's good. It's good. It, 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 it like makes it. me... And, and uh, I, feel, I feel like especially less certain about... I feel very certain about the wizardiness and likely Gandalfiness of the, of the, of the guy from the meteor. I'm a little less... Certain about Saurani things, like is the fucking uh, the the Adar like orc father guy? Is that him? Because it feels like him. It feels like I saw someone being like he's the one of the first elves that Morgoth used to make orcs, and I'm like that's interesting. But the way he talks about like not being a god yet. Yeah. Makes me think that's real Sauron talk at this time. Well, but because, he's also looking because he really- wasn't a god; he was serving a god, but he wants to become a god. Seems real Sauron-y to me. Do we? Do we? Have we figured than, out? The, or maybe who, he's just looking like that because again, he's like shape changing and who stuff. Who the creepy like uh, sword hilt sword guy like? Is that a, is that a Borgoth thing or is that a? a- um, it seems like a. More Sauron thing, because it's got, like, the symbol. I saw, I've seen a couple things about it where people are just like, I'm not quite sure what's going on with that thing. It, but it, I almost wonder if it's a little, like, uh, I don't know, the kind of shit that he, like, it, it reminds me a little bit of the way that, like, he forms the blade out of, like, shadows and shit. Like, the fucking Morgul blades, like, the shit that the Nazgul used to stab Frodo, where, like, uh-huh. the, the blade's all, like, weird. It almost reminds me of something like that. Like, maybe him, his early, like, fuck-arounds with, like, making those kinds of weapons for his... But then I guess it's tied to the history of the people in the South fighting for Morgoth. Yeah. It does make me wonder if if she, if Galadriel gets, what's his name, Hallbrand, to, like, come back if it isn't a thing where he ends up being one of the Nazgul or something, because he, like, ends up raising an army there and have been getting that sword and raising it for the wrong reasons or I don't know. That guy's weird. It seems like they really want you to think he's Sauron, but it just doesn't add up to me. Yeah. It seems like they're trying too hard to like make connections to Sauron, but not ones that feel right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. In the same way that it feels like they're trying to push like the fact that the, the moon, the, the, the lunar landing guy is, mm-hmm. Not a wizard or something, something unless it, unless it's Sauron like fucking just getting the lay of the land before he comes back later, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And again, I know they compress some; they're compressing timelines, but I know they they fuck around and like take Sauron captive and bring him back to Numenor at one point in the Silmarillion in this area of time, and then he just starts like fucking infecting people with his like darkness and like it. Being like, hey, well, basically being like, hey, well, why not? It almost seems like they become more <laughs> shut off to like the elves and shit. But part of the reason why it gets destroyed is because he shows up and he's like, hey, why shouldn't Numenor be the best fucking place in the world? Why shouldn't you be able to go to heaven and rule as gods? Seems fucked up to me. And some of them being like, I think you're right. <laughs> and so I don't know how they're handling. That's the one thing about the the getting a little hazy with the canon 
that I both like and dislike is it becomes hard to try to like plot the things you know happen versus what they're doing. Yeah. It just seems like they keep throwing way too many things at it to make it seem like that's what he is. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. They're like, he's super strong when he's fighting. I'm like, I think he's just better at fighting than those guys who've been craftsmen all their lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those... He didn't just, like... He, like, uses, a, 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 like, a stone corner to break an arm. He doesn't just, like, break arms just willy-nilly by himself. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Shit like that, where it's just, like... Or the him wanting to be a craftsman, but it's, like... I don't see Sauron, like, begging some, like, random blacksmith to let him forge because he's super good at forging to prove himself. Like, you just make himself be fancier and, like, go straight to the head of the guild and be like, hey, let me show you some things. I don't know. Yeah. Seems like they're trying too hard with that. Yeah, hard to say. We'll, we'll see how it pans out, but it's definitely worth watching. On the flip side... The Game of Thrones, a little slow and... Most, uh, it's too slow and too fast. <laughs> it's like, not sometimes not enough happens, but they keep jumping time and moving too fast for me to invest. It's like they're doing that last season of Game of Thrones pace in a first season. There are times when when weird shit really throws me off of a thing. Mm-hmm. And for, for, for me, in this one, it's how much Matt Smith in, not normally, but... But in this character, in the Damon in the, in the Targaryen hair, like he looks exactly like Gordon Ramsay, and I'm having a hard he's time. Got, he does have Gordon Ramsay vibes. I'm having a hard time getting over that because you know I've got mm-hmm. feelings for Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, you know he's. Mine. You like him when he takes his shirt off, I, which he does in every episode of the very first UK season of, of Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, never again after that, but but in that first season, go back and watch it. Every episode, he t- he gets a chance to take his shirt off. Uh, Gordon Ramsay, not Matt Smith. Um, Matt Smith probably could have taken the shirt off a little more in in Doctor Who. Yeah, um, and I'm surprised that he didn't. But uh, you know, there you there you go. I, I can't control that. That's in the past. I would have to I would have to have be a Time Lord. But my point is, he it, needs to take his shirt off. He more. needs to take his shirt off more, uh, Matt Smith. Uh, also, um, you know. Uh, very awkward, awkward uh, prostitution. Like going going through the city uh, in disguise scene was uh, horrifically awkward. Yeah. Uh, not for all the reasons it really should have been, but more for just like it was just awkward. It was a little awkward. It was a little like I guess because people are sleeping, it's easier to get out. Like going through the city when it's like night and a little fucked up. But then also. The real weirdness of like the uncle taking his underage daughter to a <laughs> a whorehouse so they could get sexy together for a while was just so uncomfortable. Yeah, so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. It it's was just like Game of Thrones. You're you're using your powers for evil right now, <laughs> <laughs> and and you you make no one comfortable, but not mm. uncomfortable in a good way. Like not uncomfortable in a. In a uh, oh, they just pushed that kid out of a out of a building way. Yeah, uncomfortable. And oh, that- there's also that like I'm, I'm starting to like have at least a like I feel bad for this princess. Like a lot of things are stacked against her, and then she's just trying to be a teenager and live her life. And I'm like, I feel bad for you, 
But at the same time, then she's going to all of a sudden in a couple episodes be aged up to an, an adult and a different <laughs> actress. And I'll be like, that's going to be hard to square with a character I barely know. You know, I, I, I do really, one thing I think they actually have done really well is I do think that, that I really like the Patty Constantine. I like his king because he's not, he's kind of a weak king, but he's also not a, horrifically weak king no he's 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 a little indecisive but he's also indecisive because he doesn't want to do dumb shit (laughs) as opposed to just being like i'm gonna fucking do this or like (laughs) these guys are causing trouble let's start a war like he's not just ruled by like what's going on react hard he's he's being at least like thoughtful about the things he's doing yeah again though it's like we keep time jumping and i'm like i don't know how long the story's been going on at this point beyond in time yeah like there's a two-year-old kid that wasn't there before. I don't know how long it was between some of the earlier time jumps. I don't know how long there was a crab man. I don't know why you kill crab man off stage. Oh, after you, after you already like, it seems like come up with an interesting idea for a villain and then just kind of fuck around and don't do anything with him. They don't really give you that much backstory to him, which it seems like you could do more of. Yeah. Like, just the fact that he looks melted like a fucking dragon melted him and he's mad and that's why he's nailing people to crosses and feeding him to crabs. I mean... And maybe they even mentioned something about that in the first or second episode, but it was so quick that it's like, that seems like a flashback that you could do. That seems like the kind of thing where instead of him running into a cave and coming out with half of that guy, you could have a scene of them fighting and him explaining his fucking reasoning for what he's doing, maybe... Maybe they think it's cooler that you don't know, but I'm like, but it'd be cooler if we didn't know, but we still got more shit out of him than just him throwing crabs on dudes on a beach and wandering around and staring at things and really not saying much. It, it, It struck me as having the same aesthetic as like the time that the fucking... Uh, Greyjoy uncle uh, managed to build an entire fleet in like three months. You know, it's like like just this this huge leap and uh, these huge things happening off stage that we don't even know about. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, these are terrifying people now. Why are they terrifying? Because they're terrifying. Also, within a span of time where they were already like taking their time to let you see characters interacting and other things happening. They weren't moving that fast, but then they would do weird fast movements like that where like all of a sudden she'd sailed across the sea and it didn't (laughs) feel like that much time had happened. Or yeah, he all of a sudden has a fleet that he didn't have a minute ago. And, but those almost seemed like a little bit of like, that's fine. I guess it feels weird, but that, that we don't need to see them building the ships for a long time. I guess that could be boring, but at the same time, I, I don't know. This is, we're still introducing this whole storyline. And it's not <laughs> right. like we're getting late and we're just trying to like move you through the, hey, we've got to build up some shit to get to the fucking climax. These yeah. people got to show up with, with more shit to throw at this. I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. There's not quite the, uh, the one thing that the original Game of Thrones had, I think because it was a book before it was a show, mm-hmm. is that it had just a, a whole cast of characters with some really solid objectives. And I don't feel like we, 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 they're still trying to find that themselves, and that shows in the way the story is being told. I think. Yeah, uh, it's a little muddy. Yeah, the, the characters aren't maybe as defined as they could be. I mean, I feel like Damon, like the, the Matt Smith character, is probably the most interesting. He is, but he also just vacillates a lot <laughs> within <laughs> right. that. 
he'd be more interesting if he had a more defined plan as right. opposed to it seems like he just is like flailing most yeah, of the time yeah, yeah. and has no idea what he's doing. It'd be nice if he had at least some like demonstrable scheme that work that was like a, this, this plan is multifaceted and not just a, I'm going to do this now <laughs> plan <laughs> right. would be nice. Maybe. Well, and then you got other people like the, and maybe he comes back later. Maybe uh, this will all be proved wrong by the time it comes out. But like Lord Corbin, who like seemed to have a like like this, uh, he seemed like when you saw him in the first episode, he was going to be a huge player because he was like the guy with the strong navy and control mm-hmm. the shipping routes. And then he then he does the little thing where he's like, "Hey, Damon, why don't you come do this with me and the crab thing?" And then this last episode, he was just gone, like not like no longer a player. And then, that was yeah. after the time jump. I'm like, what what's that dude doing? And why does Reef of Fonts get to hang out still? You know, I mean, until the end of. It's true. Yeah. Although it feels like he'll still be around, just not like part of the council. But again, it's yeah, it's just like how long has this war been going on again? Years, I guess. And this area it seems like vital for shipping lanes, but unprotected and, yeah. and vulnerable. Like, why has that never been a thing that you guys figured out to handle before a dude showed up and started disrupting them just by hanging out there and attacking shit where apparently it's easy to do it? It's like, why aren't there, why is there no infrastructure? How long have you had this kingdom running? Nobody's ever, you've never had pirates fucking around in there before where you had to do something about it? And, and if this guy, if that has been an issue, but it was easily handled, why is it so much different this time? Just because this guy's weird and obsessed with crabs. Like, I don't, <laughs> again, it's just like they, they're throwing, it feels like they're throwing out interesting ideas, but they're rushing through them before they have any time to like. I mean, I feel like that guy did more for crab tourism than anyone in mm-hmm. the, in the seven kingdoms. Um, uh, in, in a long time. I feel like they also had the weird, and again, this is probably two, uh, one to two episodes back for you guys listening to it now. Just the, the guy who's like getting crabs thrown on him, like, oh no. And then like, oh, we're going to be rescued and gets crushed by a dragon. Little, little like joke sting. I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I didn't realize I was watching Star Wars. George Lucas Star Wars. It's like, let's throw in something for the kids. <laughs> this guy's like, hooray, and then crushed. That's what Game of Thrones needs more Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. That's what we've decided here today. Yeah. How are we doing on time? We're way over. <laughs> I was wondering. Double Deuce. <laughs> this has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even worse. Thanks for listening. I don't know how you did, but if you're trying to listen to more, we're everywhere. Libsyn, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, fucking everywhere. That's right. Wherever fine podcasts are made, we'll be there. Also, you can reach out to us on social medias. We're at Double Deuce Pod on Twitter. We're at Double Deuce Podcast on Facebook. And our email is DoubleDeucePod at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to support us, get our Patreon on patreon.com backslash double deuce pod yeah we got all kinds of stuff on there we got me talking about things i'm seeing we got extra minis that like the minis you find in the decaduces we got will singing or if you want to pay for him not to sing there is a way to pay for no singing the world's your oyster all kinds of stuff all kinds of stuff so much stuff that's patreon.com backslash double deuce pod yeah yeah 
Sorry, when you're like, wherever fine podcasts are found, I just kept thinking about that Tom Jones speech at the end of Grapes Wrath. It's like, whenever there's a cop beating on a fine podcast, we'll be there. <laughs> Double deuce. Good episode.